The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag Leadership Matters. Today's topic is Becoming a Visionary Leader, and our guest for today's show is Ropion Dion, who is the uh, author of a very well-known published book, Anticipate, The Art of Leading by Looking Ahead. Hi, Ropion. How are you? Hi, Rob. I, that's what I'll call you, Rob. <laughs> yes, that's fine. I'm, I'm very well. Thank you. Great, great, great to have you. Now, the reason we wanted to talk about this subject is because, of course, it's interesting that you've literally written the book on exactly the same subject and we wanted to cover it, is because while we see leaders who have been out there and, and they somehow have created success and they have had people following, but we at the same time don't see them creating great visions. And without the great vision, it could almost mean that uh, you got lucky, but you don't want leader at the top who's just becoming lucky versus having the skills and the competencies to be able to continue to vision, create a vision, refine it and navigate through the sea of change and eventually get people to that, you know, those green pastures versus always being in turbulence. So so that said, one one of the things which we always wanted to understand is where is this issue of vision being so critical to leadership? So what what is the value that we should be placing as leaders on having a vision? Well, phew, that's a great question. And uh, um, my my personal belief is it's actually one one of the key leadership qualities uh, having a vision. and but but I, I use vision in a let's say a rich uh, context. What I mean is, when I talk about vision, I, I, vision is not purely an idea about the future, which obviously is an important ingredient of a vision, uh, but it's also a, it's also a tool to inspire people, to get people, to bring people along, to uh, to lead people into change. As we all know, change is usually, uh, you know, not, not everybody appreciates change, so uh, it requires a leader to 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 you know, to to cast the, the path forward and to pull people along. And in that journey of you know exciting people, igniting people, your vision, the story that you have, the idea that you bring forward, uh, is one of the key elements of of getting people to to follow you. So I I think it's actually one of the the, the, the key qualities in in your leadership uh, backpack, um, transformational leadership, which is the kind of leadership that's researched mostly nowadays. Uh, it's it really puts puts also puts uh, a vision at the core of, of the qualities that are required for, for modern-day leaders, especially, I guess, because we're living in a time of such rapid change. 
and uh, change requires well we you know we appreciate leaders that have the ability to look ahead to look forward and to make sense of that you know, pretty daunting sometimes but also exciting a picture of tomorrow where where change is, is coming at us at a rapid speed See, on one hand, you mention, and I'll just take a contrarian view here, is on one hand, you say that a vision is required. And whenever you create a vision, at least you feel that there is going to be some longevity to it. At the same time, when you see there is turbulence, there is a short term, uh, of course, not short term changes that are we are asking for, but the way the things are fundamentally getting disrupted, your vision could itself be rendered irrelevant. So should we keep keep talking about vision and having those grand visions, or now we have to also come up with a term called short-term vision? <laughs> Good point. Um, yeah, well, uh, you know, I think, uh, interestingly, I'm, I am, to some extent, in the work I do, I am, I am less interested in the end product being the vision. I'm more interested in, in let's say, your ability to develop your visionary side. Because uh, you know, and, and because that's that's like a, a big, a big uh, unknown on how do you actually develop that visionary side of yours. Uh, and when you have a well-developed visionary side, the vision is the the product that you know, that you arrive at. That's the end result of that. And I agree with you. Uh, the future doesn't stand still. So I don't believe in, uh, as you say, the grand visions. Uh, they're very often nice to talk about in retrospect, and it turns out, you know, when, when your vision turned out to be true, you can write a book about yourself, about how fantastically you could predict the future. But for most of us, uh, that doesn't work. You, you'll have to have the agility to change course, which also means you have to have the flexibility of mindset, and you need to have the open-mindedness to, to change directions. So the story itself, the vision, the, the idea that you have, you know, we can say more about it, what it requires, and there are certain, let's say, fundamentals that need to be in place. But above all, uh, it becomes scary when people become dogmatic about their vision. Uh, in fact, dogmatic visions are the perfect recipe for tunnel visions. So there is definitely, a, 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 you know, a, a, uh, an open-mindedness and an agility required in order to do, let's say, the vision thing uh, right. So with with this, you what you mentioned. So you you of course state the importance of having a vision, and then if people are working towards it, um, they should be really trying to should be trying to develop that capability. Interestingly, there are quite a few people, at least that's been seen, that while they are at the, in the leadership positions, and to some they seem like having the right leadership trait, but then. Um, they they have not actually shown that visionary capability. So is this something which is, it's almost, it looks like that to some people it is an important thing, for the others it's not. And if it is not, if it is an important thing, then why are those pieces missing and you're still able to carry out what you're supposed to do? Well, this is a difficult subject. The um, I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe, but that an important, um, let's say, reason of that is that the leaders that we have nowadays are are the product of an era of, let's say, uh, um, market focus and, and quarterly results. And uh, a lot of, let's say, short-termism has been infused into the leadership game. Quite different, by the way, in family, uh, in family businesses where 
very often you see family businesses which have been around for several generations where the current generation really you know takes a leadership stance in which they believe their role is that they they leave the company behind better for the next generation now that 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 is a very different mindset than many of the leaders that we see nowadays particularly in in stock listed companies who whose focus has been for so long on making the next quarter uh, and I'm not saying that they are bad people. I, I don't mean in that way. But if you've been, if you've grown up in that culture, if you've grown up in a culture where the short term matters most, uh, because that's how you, you know, that's how you get incentivized and what have you, uh, then naturally uh, a vision. Sometimes I even notice that people make a bit of a mockery about a vision. You know, they they say it's something for idealists or or uh, dreamers and and. And they are more like the hard-nosed uh, business realists who, who make the numbers. And I think that's one of the struggles that we have is that on the one hand, if you think about it, it's really important that we, that we develop the ideas of where we're heading. And, and it doesn't actually need an argument. I think everybody sees that. At the same time, a lot of people operate in a reality where that's less valued and where, let's say, the next quarterly results are more valued than where the company will be in the next three to five years. And I think you know many people feel that tension. They feel that dilemma. A lot of people struggle with that because a lot of people, from their let's say leadership stance, they do drive home every now and then and wonder, you know, how how are we going to make sure that we're going to to also pay attention to the next three to five years? Um, so it's it's I think you know a, a large uh, a large uh, largely this this is the culture that has grown in many organizations. So interestingly, you say that there are some leadership qualities which actually, in absence of those, the, the the individual in that position may get all all worked up because of the the short-term challenges or the pressure that they may be, and they may not even consider utilizing the vision, even though they may have had the skills. But in many cases, even if person had the resilience, who wants to use uh, that capability of being able to create and and uh, deploy the vision, if you will, across the organization, they are not able to do that. So would you point out uh, any specific areas uh, of weaknesses or shortcomings overall in such people who are not even able to create a vision or develop a vision in the first place? Well, yeah, uh, the... The, the development of a vision is one of the, that's one of the things that has really intrigued me. It's one of the reasons why I wrote the book is how can you develop this side? You know, if, if, if all of us, you know, all of us I'm talking about, you know, I'm, I also operate in the world of academe. Uh, I'm, I'm associated with Wharton. So we do a lot of research in, in the world of leadership. And in that world, it's, an, it's a no-brainer that vision is a really important leadership quality. And, and I became intrigued in this subject because I said, well, you know, if that's the case, why is there so little guidance on on how you actually go about developing your vision, you know, your visionary side? What are the qualities that you need to develop and how do you actually develop them in order to, to raise it? And there is remarkably little uh, guidance in that area. Um, you're, and in the absence of that, we, we start living the idea that you either you have it or you don't. You know, you're either born a visionary or or, or not. And I don't like that idea. I think it's something you can develop, uh, just like playing tennis. You know, anybody can learn how to play tennis. Now, obviously, some of us are better at it than others. But you know, there is also there is nature and nurture. But 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 everybody can be, become a better tennis player with the right, let's say, practices. 
So I started to look into the subject and I started to wonder what are those key qualities to develop. And it turned out, I mean, in my research, I, I boiled it down essentially to two main abilities that you must develop. First is your ability to see things early. So your ability to early on identify the impact of a, a potential game changer. Uh, and the second uh, ability is your ability to connect the dots, to put that together into this you know, this famous big picture uh, to create the coherence in your story uh, so you, you, get, you get the larger frame. And both those dimensions um, are, uh, are, are required. You know, it's not just one or the other. I think both of them are required. So you've got to be able to, 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 to understand when an early warning signal uh, presents itself and what the impact of that might be on your industry, particularly in the world of, of, of technology that obviously... There are lots of uh, there are lots of changes being um, you know we, we speak about a lot of changes all the time and which of those are the early warning signals and which of them are the noise so it's really about distinguishing the signal from the noise on the one hand and on the other end you got to put that into a bigger wider coherent perspective and these two abilities are in my idea the most fundamental abilities to to develop your visionary side and both those abilities I've you know I've I've, I've looked at and I've provided let's say, the techniques to actually grow these parts, uh, these, these, these parts of your leadership. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about how uh, an organization, which is, of course, hoping for it to have the leader really take the charge and lead us to the green pastures, help maneuver through all the turbulence, etc. But if this person himself or herself has not been up to uh, speed on how to develop vision, you really don't want an apprentice leader to be taking charge. So how do we first diagnose if this is what's happening and how do we provide the support? What kind of personal or organizational limitations an organize, uh, like an individual may face which would prevent a person to develop that vision or what kind of support they can get from the organization so that while they are developing that capability, uh, the organization doesn't suffer because of this apprentice, uh, apprentice status of a leader. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. 
Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, uh, let's start with the first question that I'd like to put there is what are the personal and organizational limitations that you think may be undermining a leader's ability to develop a vision? Well, um if you know if you allow me to I'm I'm actually going to reverse it a, a little bit and then we can see where are those boundaries because I think we can also look at the other way what what are the things that you you um you must develop in terms of uh, in, in terms of developing that right mindset and there really are three things that you want to develop and and then sometimes organizations might not allow you to to do that uh if i look at it from a personal leadership perspective let's say the individual uh three things stand out first of all it's curiosity it's your uh you know it's 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 a sort of an existential interest in what could be different so curiosity is a really a key trait of a visionary leader. Uh, the second one um, uh, is 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 the openness to new information, being really truly open-minded uh, when new information arrives. Don't you know not assuming um, that you already know it or uh, not assuming that you've um, uh, you know that, that that that's already part of your thinking. So being truly open-minded, being willing to change your mind uh, when some information presents itself. Uh, we're really talking about psychology here, so it's. Uh, I'll go a little deeper as we as we progress. But to give you the let's say the overview, and the third one I already said is being non-dogmatic, being uh, willing to challenge the conventions and to willing willing to challenge your own assumptions. So if these are the ones that that we know are important to develop, if you want to develop your visionary side, then now back I guess back to your question, uh, organizations must allow people to. to to, to, to go that route, uh, which really means that an organization uh, should support the individual leader in that learning journey. Uh, it, this is about your, you know, your ability or let's say the, 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 the forgiveness to make mistakes, um, working, with, uh, you know, working with multiple scenarios, you know, not, not committing necessarily immediately to big bets. Uh, this is sort of like talks of, 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 of organizational cultures that stand for experimentation, that stand for uh, uh, trying things new, um, not staying within the same patterns. Uh, so organization limitations very often go along those, those lines. They don't allow their people to, 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 to fail or they might say they do, but they've developed a leadership culture where uh, um, you know, people are being punished when things don't work out well. I worked with an organization, uh, or actually with a leader last time, but he heads the organization. He said, you know, when... When something goes wrong, um, I when something has, hasn't worked out the way we expected it, and it might have cost us a lot of money, uh, I asked the person in who was responsible for that. He said, and I sit down and I only ask one question. I said, and, and the one question I ask is, what have you learned from this? And he said, you know, I, I don't get upset that we lose all that money, but I do get upset if they don't if they don't have a good answer to the question uh, what they have learned. Because, you know, we, we want people to be entrepreneurial, we want people to try, we want people to be out there to, to give it their best. We know they can fail, but what we can't accept is that they don't learn from their mistakes. And I think that speaks of a leader who understands the importance of, of engaging with the future. No, nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows exactly how things are going to play out. You know, we're talking about CIOs, there is lots of, lots of change. We're talking about the Internet of Things, you know, all these all these things are going to have a change in the world that we live in, but exactly how it's going to play out, we don't really know. 
Um, so the only right way of, of, of developing that foresight and is to allow people also to, to engage with that and to allow them to make mistakes and, and learn. So I guess so, these are some, no, some things that come to mind. Sure. No, this is a great answer that you uh, offered here. Now, the next thing is to say, okay, one is to support, but what are the, the you're saying that that has the limitation that you, what you refer to is organization may be posing limitation that they don't allow them to take risk. Now, in what all ways do you think the organization, organizations are ready to offer, but there are some personal shortcomings which prevents them from being able to develop a vision? You mean as an organization or as as, in... as a person? As a person. So you you may be saying that okay, I, you could be your worst enemy because you could keep saying okay, the rest of the world doesn't want me to, but you, you may be handicapped because of your own short term, uh, you know, approach to how you're leading anything, or even if you want to develop yourself, you may not be seeing the complete picture, which would allow you the the necessary room to grow, if you will. Sure. Sure, and uh, yeah. So, so in terms of again, I mean, uh, d developing that uh, that side, and as we said, you know, there is part of that is is mindset, and mindset really has to do with, uh, like I said, you know, curiosity, uh, being open minded, being non dogmatic, and these are things you can reflect on. Uh, these are things you can you can work on if if you deem this important for your leadership. There are ways of 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 creating that feed, you know, that feedback loop in an organization that could be uh, peer coaching. That could be you know, there are various tools and techniques out there to allow you to sort of re reflect on your behavior and if you make this important behaviors people can uh, you know people can help you and coach you uh, in that uh, and in addition to that there are there are a series of practices um, I've I've actually listed 25 individual practices that you can uh, incorporate into your day-to-day -day leadership um, game and 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 start experimenting with those. Uh, generally, I, I don't suggest people to try all 25 at once. I usually say, you know, take one or two and, and in the next two or three weeks, try to experiment with those practices. And they're, they're very, you know, sometimes there can be somewhat bigger things, but they're also small things. I mean, very popular little practice that works wonders is to, to, uh, to, to, to start catching yourself when you say, uh, yes, but, you know, we have this very often we've got this yes but kind of conversation. Somebody comes to you with an interesting idea and and very often our mind is thinking, how can I prove him wrong? And and we're gonna do yes, but and and then we're we're actually killing an interesting train of thought. Now we all make these, I mean I, I assume I I make these mistakes myself as well, but but I've I've said to myself a while ago, you know, if I catch myself saying yes but, I will immediately re reformulate that into a yes and. Uh, and the moment you start speaking yes and, you're not killing a train of thought, you're actually building on somebody else's idea. And that's how you, you know, in your behavior, you start, uh, um, let's say, uh, growing and you start expanding your horizon and you start bonding with people and then, you know, all these other effects. So there are, uh, I think there are, there are things you can do yourself, um, like I said. Uh, practices, uh, there are behavioral aspects to this and, and, and all this is not rocket science, this is all... Uh, within reach for everybody um, and then like I said earlier there is nature and there's nurture for some of us these things come easier uh, than others uh, igniting your imagination for instance is an import important part being able to challenge your conventions and some of us uh, find it easier to be imaginative than others uh, so you know again there are practices and tools you can do but but nonetheless 
for some people this still goes easier than others. But like like I said before, that's just like playing tennis. You know, some of us put that serve in much easier than others simply because uh, nature also plays plays along. So, so we spoke about uh, you know the way we could create a vision, but how are we? What are what is our benchmark to say okay, this person is building is capable of having great vision development versus others is there is there to our listeners if anyone who's listening to this talk uh starts thinking that okay what what are my checklists to see where do i stand with respect to how good of a visionary leader i am all right what would you say to that well i've i've structured i I check i I kind of when i check for a vision and i'm interested in what i call powerful visions so what i mean with a powerful vision it's it's not just merely a perspective on tomorrow it's more than that uh, and I, my, the checklist I use, in a way, is, is threefolded. And interestingly, this, um, now this is not my idea. This, this idea was already developed two and a half thousand years ago by one of the ancient Greeks, uh, Aristotle, who, uh, who discovered what it requires to, to get people to follow you, to, get people to, pers- to persuade people to follow you. And he boiled it down to three angles. And, and it still stands today as you know, strategic engagement is around those three angles. First of all, he's, you know, he's, he called them logos, ethos, and pathos. And uh, the logos part, uh, the logos part uh, refers to, let's say, the, 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 the intellectual component. Obviously, when you're expressing your vision, people are looking, you know, does it make sense? Can I, you know, does it, does it, does it correlate with what I'm seeing? Can I, can I, if it's completely nonsense, people will obviously not follow you. So there is part of that which is content related. But you know what, that's the part that we usually do quite well. Um, educated people, we, you know, we read the newspapers, we, we get our content in order, and eventually we come to a logically consistent story that you might or might not believe, but at least from a, let's say, logos point of view, we know how to do our own work. Where it becomes more challenging for most is that you also need to add pathos and ethos to this. So pathos really means it needs to also emotionally do something with people. People need to, you know, your audience, which typically are is your team members or, or the organization, they need to actually feel something. They need to be inspired. They need to be uh, you know, enthusiastic, motivated, uh, whatever the emotion is, but people need to actually experience some feelings with what you're saying. Turns out there are two ways of achieving emotional engagement. First one is is uh, uh, unconventionality. So if your story, obviously, if you're saying what everybody else is saying, it not doesn't do much with people. So there is something about the unconventional part of your vision which is, uh, you know, people get intrigued, they get fascinated, they, they find, find it exciting what you're referring to. This is, by the way, the, the, this is the card that, that Apple always play, plays or played. You know, Steve Jobs didn't let an opportunity go by without saying that at Apple we are revolutionizing the world. So he was always playing the unconventional card, so to say. The second part of creating emotional engagement is, is, it, it, is your connection to some sort of noble cause. And I, I don't mean a noble cause like, you know, something that Ms. World would say, uh, peace on earth, but, 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 but something that's more enduring than just hitting the quarterly results. And a lot of people uh, get emotionally engaged because they realize they're working for an organization that has a deeper purpose, that has a more, 
a more meaningful, uh, let's say, uh, um, a path ahead of them. So that's the second thing. We, we had logos, we had pathos, and then ethos. Ethos is the third critical pillar that sits underneath your vision, and ethos has to do with with the credibility of the speaker. So, uh, you know, you can have logos, you can have an interesting story, you can even have the emotion in place, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't, if it's not credible coming from you, it'll still fall flat on its face. So your vision, nobody gets excited about a vision that comes from a leader who doesn't, him or herself, live up to his own words. So authenticity and understanding how you're being perceived, and in fact, connecting your story to who you are as a leader is critically important for making your 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 vision powerful. So uh, the third element of that is uh, you know to go down the checklist. Logos had to do with does my story make sense? Intellectually make sense? Now that there is some question to be asked, but you can kind of see where that's going. Pathos has to do with uh, is it also cre- uh, sorry? Uh, it does it also emotionally do something? And and ethos has to do is it also credible coming from you? And particularly that last question is quite. Confronting, um, you know. I, I often, when I do my work with executives, I, I ask them at some point. I ask them, you know, why would anybody want to be led by you? Uh, and 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 people find that a very difficult question to ask uh, to to answer. They they don't very often. They don't have clarity on what is it exactly that I stand for as a leader. But the moment you do, the moment you have more clarity on what you stand for, and you can infuse those values into your vision, your vision gains tremendous power because people can associate your words with your actions and and i think that these are the three so the three critical things in in building a powerful vision let's take a quick break listeners we'll be right back and while we spoke about how to paint a vision which could be powerful uh, the way and a leader may gain credibility is after it has been painted to be able to convert it into reality, navigate through the sea of changes, innovation, change management. So a leader would may not be seen as a powerful leader with vision if they just do wordsmithing. They have to show something uh, in, in concrete terms, something that gets manifested in the real world. And then they when they create the next one, then the the that it makes it even better. So they have to be like a a serial entrepreneur or a serial set of visions that they have to create and then execute on them and show the result is what it's going to uh, create the credibility. But is that where people fail? So they are like a, a one-time champion of creating a great vision, and thereafter they don't do it. Is that where they fall, or they're consistently poor? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Rob, if if Steve Jobs just had said, oh, I'm going to revolutionize the world and had not done what he did, that would all be seen as empty talk. Absolutely. So, so, so as a leader, uh, a person who is supposed to be visionary has to go beyond wordsmithing and without just being an emotional, emotionally charged talking head. The person has to really deliver. What do you think that has to do with an overall... Um, you know, credibility creation and even uh, self-improvement cycle that they will enjoy in order to become visionary because then they learn the lessons firsthand that whatever I envisioned, this is what it really meant when I tried to execute it and what can I do next time? So that that actually starts improving them as leaders, as visionary leaders. Yeah, so you so you're absolutely so you're talking about let's say the, you know the feedback loop that you want to want, want to have. Now you're just referring to Steve Jobs, which is always a you know a favorite topic when I speak because you know he's he's one of the obviously the the, the characters that has made a big impression in turning the company around with his uh, his vision going forward. At the same time, Steve Jobs is a complex uh, example because. Um, he didn't always demonstrate. Let's put it that way. I mean, I don't know him personally. I didn't know him personally, but judging from from his biography, he didn't always demonstrate. Let's say the behaviors that we'd like to attribute to uh, to, to visionary leaders. So Steve Jobs in itself is a very uh, complex uh, uh, example. But um, uh, but typically, as what you're referring to is that how how can you how can you let's say combine those two roles that you have in your leadership position, which is very often the leader and the manager. Um, there is always a big, I mean, a lot of people get, in, they get excited about this question of thinking about what's the difference between a leader and a manager. And then we get these nice lists, you know, managers are, they need to plan and organize and, and, and control activities and solve problems. And, and leaders uh, uh, are more about direction setting and motivating and inspiring and, and things like that. But the reality is, and I think that's that's where that question goes wrong. Is the reality for most people is is that you're both, you're both a leader and a manager, uh, and that is what always makes it very difficult also for people to play that role. It's it's very difficult. I mean, I'm I'm not suggesting it's it's easy. It's very difficult to be both. Sometimes even on an hourly basis, you know, you might be sitting in a meeting from nine to ten in the morning, and you have to put your team straight. Because they missed their deadlines, and 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 an hour later, you need to step into a conversation about the changes at the horizon of your industry and and what your thoughts on that are. So you you're always playing those that double role as a manager and a leader. Um, so I agree with you that a a leader, a visionary who only is wordsmithing, who who's, who's only talks but doesn't get to execution, quickly loses credibility. We don't really hook up with people who who just merely and vision, we also want to have execution. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 having developing both sides are important in 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 that role that most people play or that many people play in in uh, you know pulling people forward and leading the team. There is a leadership component to that, which is about the vision, 
uh, and there is a managerial component to that, which is much more about the plan and, and getting things done. Um, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not judgmental that one is more important than the other. I think both of them are very important. I must say that the other reality is that, is that usually when, when we are pressed for time, you know, and most of us are, most people are working under time pressure, it's typically that the manager usually wins. Because the manager deals with the immediate and you know with the urgent and the, 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 the stuff that needs to be dealt with, the problems that need to be solved, and the leadership role, the vision thing, can always be postponed until tomorrow. So what tends to happen in in a in a, in a person's managerial life is that you you know you very well develop that managerial side of you because that's that's that comes to the forefront as you need to deal with day to day challenges. And the leadership part very often is put on a back burner, uh, which eventually leads to people, you know, your, your, the people that you lead might see you as a great manager. They might appreciate your planning abilities and, and, you know, what have you, but they don't really see you as a source of inspiration. And I personally think that uh, that is critical for anybody who wants to be a leader is to understand that you are a source of inspiration to others. People typically look up to their leaders and they'd like to get inspiration from their leaders. Um, and that's the leadership role that you also play. So basically a sprinter versus a marathon runner, right? So if you're talking short term, you will sprint to it. But otherwise, a, a true leader who will get the credibility and will be able to uh, go in a certain direction, even though the person would be running for many, many hours, if you will, that would only happen. They will only have the strength and the persistence if they had a purpose, something meaningful, a vision, and then also that's the only way rest of the world will follow them. So the goal here is to, of course, be able to get over the, the short-term humps, but also be able to not lose sight of that long-term. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, so if, you, if you had to do something like that, what would you say would be the key characteristics that a leader could create or should showcase or should work on so that when they are called a visionary, visionary leaders, that's only going to happen when they deliver something. And that delivery doesn't necessarily have to demote it to manager, but to be able to stick to the vision. So you want to just to be, I would not call it the word foolish, but persistent. That once you have created a vision, yes, you may tweak it a little bit, but just don't let go of that and just don't go jump into the minutia of day-to-day -day grind. Yes, and uh, you, you you use the word. You say you know you said a, a purpose. Uh, it, it it has a lot to do with with that. It's it's. I think um, your leadership game tremendously uh, improves if you if you every so often. And, and I don't. I'm not suggesting every day, but every you know month or two months, you you reflect on uh, on on your uh, on let's say your your leadership role. Now I I work with a lot of leaders who. Actually, you know, it's one of the routines that I try to help them develop is that learn the art of reflection. And the art of reflection really is to take at the end of the day a moment, a couple of minutes for yourself and, and ask yourself some reflective questions. And uh, this is one of the routines that help people over a while, not, not after one day, but when, you've, when you've, you get into the spirit of reflecting on your behavior and reflecting on what you, what you believe in and what you stand for, uh, you, you start getting more clarity on the purpose, the, the thing that you believe in, you know, the, the dream that you have or, or the kind of leader that you'd like to become or that you look up to. And, 
uh, and you start reflecting on how you put it into practice and, and exactly uh, how you could improve going forward. So having clarity on your purpose, what you believe in, what you stand for, the moment that has crystallized for you, the moment you've got more clarity on that, it also becomes much easier to, to, to navigate the short-term challenges because there will be short-term challenges and that's the world that we live in and there is, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, uh, dealing with the short-term term challenges without any perspective on where you're heading for the long run uh, is, you know, is, is not leadership. It's highly unmotivating and also people around you will not get inspiration from that. Dealing with the short-term challenges in the presence of an understanding of what you're heading for in the long run, what you really believe in, uh, ignites people and it also gets people to understand, you know, it, it, it helps people to understand why you need to deviate from the path short, you know, for this short period, as long as they know, you know, after a while we'll get back onto the, onto the main road again, but we'd have to deal with this particular challenge of financing or whatever it is, uh, but we do know we're on the longer track. Uh, and I think that, so you, to your question, you know, wh where do you get that inspiration from to go? It, it is, I think it has a lot to do with reflecting and with getting clarity for yourself on what you truly stand for, what you truly believe in. Interestingly, so organization is looking up to the leader and the leader is going to look up to their own internal uh, compass, if you will, to move ahead. How much of that alignment is that going to be a plain luck that where organization wants to go aligns well with the leader's compass? Because if it's not the case, then leader may be driven by a vision or a purpose, which may be their own, but then organization may not truly benefit from it to the degree that it should. Yeah, uh, that happens sometimes. So sometimes, indeed, as you get into this, reflective mode, you, you might arrive at a perspective that doesn't fit with the kind of organization that you're working with, uh, working for. That that could happen. I don't see it happen very often. Uh, and I think a lot of people, uh, you know, even within your, let's say, within your purpose, there are boundaries, just like there are legal boundaries and there are other boundaries that you have to operate in. One of the boundaries very often is, you know, the, 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 the path that the organization is on. If you're not let's say, if, if, if you're not leading the organization itself, but if you're slightly lower down the ranks, uh, it doesn't mean that you can't, uh, you, you can't define your purpose, but you probably have to define it within the boundaries of the organization, of where the organization is heading. Uh, it also means that, you know, I, one of the other challenges I often notice is that people typically, when they look at vision, they look up the chain and they, they look at, you know, they, they look at their bosses, um, in the work I do, often I get people to me and say, oh, this is great, you know, it was wonderful today, a great session, uh, my boss should be in your session. And then I say, well, it, it might be that your boss needs to do this work, but, you know, at the same time, you are equally a leader. The people that are, uh, that are working for you look at you for leadership, so it equally matters for you that you develop this stuff. So there are some boundaries. Obviously, there are boundaries in an organization. If they really bite then uh, typically you do find people that, that, that change course, people that, that eventually find that the organization doesn't give them what they're looking for or that doesn't give them the space that they need, uh, and, and, and they, they go somewhere else and, and they live uh, different lives. That happens. But typically I find that within the boundaries of an organization, there's a lot, lot you can find, uh, but as long as you get into that practice of thinking about what it is that you really stand for. 
Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about the two things that typically help develop a vision. One is being stated as to the ability to see things early. And the second is to connect the dots. Of course, we spoke about how to be able to develop this ability to see things early, but then talking about connecting the dots, is that more analytics that we are referring to or a way for us to look through the fuzziness of what's happening today versus what's going to happen tomorrow and somehow be able to get that crystal ball? What is this connecting the dots? What is that missing piece? which may be the, the key to uh, developing a vision and becoming a visionary leader. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So uh, we spoke about the ability for someone to connect the dots uh, as part of one of, the, one of the elements on how to develop a good vision. Now, when we say connecting the dots, of course, there is a lot of things changing and you have to find trends and, and uh, figure out where this is all going. Do you think a leader should just bank on their own, own ability and develop that versus taking that as a way to uh, develop uh, the capabilities of a team? Because analytics or finding where the trends are is not necessarily a one person's job, given that so many different pieces may be involved. Yes, for sure. Uh, and in fact, when I talk about connecting the dots, I'm not so much talking about analytics yet, but we can we can talk about that in a second. But you're right. I mean, uh, you know, we talked about the behavioral parts of being a successful visionary leader. One of them is open-mindedness, and open-mindedness means listening to others, bringing in the knowledge and expertise that others can 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 provide you. Uh, none of us has all the answers, so indeed, it's it's much more of a team effort than it should be an individual effort. In fact, it's quite risky if it remains an individual effort. Uh, if we look at the big failures, if we look at tunnel visions, uh, that's usually uh, a, a overly dogmatic, very often narcissistic leader who, who does not leave any space for alternative interpretations. And so we want to do this vision thing in a responsible way. And responsibly visioning or doing this responsibly means you need to be open-minded and, and, and need to engage 
with others who might have different perspectives, uh, the collective is always better than the, the than than uh, the singular version. So, if if we are looking at someone going out and um, working with the team, then their ability to be become to become a visionary leader then also boils down to what type of team do they inherit or what they develop. So it again becomes a component of how you manage versus truly how you be a leader, right? That's right. Diversity and diversity of perspectives. Uh, I, when I talk about diversity, I don't mean necessarily gender diversity, but it's very much diversity of perspectives. Uh, we see the, the better leaders are the ones that are, have the willingness to be, again, open-minded, being non-dogmatic and, and allowing this, these different perspectives to flourish, uh, particularly as you're facing, when you're facing uncertainty uh, and, 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 and change and, and radical change. Uh, being in tune uh, with different perspectives is very important to, to, to pick up on those early warning signals. Uh, you know, young team members signal different uh, changes than people that have already been in the job for 10, 15, 20 years. And, and very often a vision, an important part of a vision is that you're ahead of the curve and getting your, your insights, getting your early warning signals, getting those uh, also those, those intriguing bits and pieces that you want to integrate into your vision uh, very often come from the people that you work with closest and having a diverse group with diverse interests will help you come to a coherent perspective. Now, we talk about the last mile challenge in analytics, right, which is a more a technology term, but if you look at the way you will get different perspective from different age groups or different uh, level of experience or the tenure that may people may have had and their knowledge about the business. All of that being put into one part and the leader is supposed to eventually make a decision based on which direction they're going to go. Is what What is the competency they're using there? Well, uh, one of the well, competencies, it's, uh, let's say, one of the techniques that we, 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 we talk about in this space on how to connect the dots is, is, for instance, the art of, let's say, scenario planning. Scenario planning is a deliberate attempt to create multiple perspectives um, and to, to, you know, given that we are dealing with uncertainty where nobody exactly knows how it's, where it's going to go, um, it's, it, like I said, you know, it's, 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 it's scary if you have one perspective, you place all your bets on one horse only to figure out that you place it on the wrong one. A, if, if you're unlucky, a better way of working is to envision multiple future scenarios. There is a technique out there that's called scenario planning. It's a, it's a couple of steps. It's a stepwise approach. It, it, it gives you a number, typically three or four, equally plausible but fundamentally different uh, future perspectives. Once you go through that process and when you, when, you, when, when, you, when you work that way, first of all, it very much enriches the picture that you have of tomorrow. It allows you to integrate different ideas and, and provides a much richer picture. It also allows you to develop, let's say, a radar screen of, of, uh, of milestones, of early warning signals to pay attention to, to understand where the future is actually headed and where you should place your bets. Um, if you're dealing with really fundamental changes, we typically, you know, uh, typically say that placing big bets is a, is, is, a, is a risky strategy. It's usually, we dial back to what we said earlier on, you know, having the ability to experiment, to try out things, to, to, fail, qu you know, to fail fast uh, is, is a much better way, much better culture to develop as a leader than uh, having a dogmatic tunnel vision. 
The sad thing, I must say, with this theory, to some extent, is that usually the leaders that we applaud are the ones that have these big, grand visions. And with the benefit of hindsight, we celebrate the tremendous insight that they had uh, and, and how fascinating it was that they came with this vision. But we, we forget that there were many others who had a different vision that we don't hear of anymore because they were wrong. So in, in, as we try to promote developing your visionary side, we say connecting the dots is not so much about analyzing uh, and getting to one version. It's much more about being imaginative, being open-minded, and anticipating multiple futures in order for you to develop the agility to change course when the future takes a different route. One last question for you. So, of course, there are certain things which you could really do as a checklist, right? I mean, you can offer a checklist and say, okay, do this, 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 and you're good. Another is to be able to go through that fuzziness of in what scenarios, how would you think, and you develop your analytical skills, your creativity, and many other competencies. So what type of support is available to leaders who are either aspiring or current leaders who either feel that they may have issues with the way they create vision or develop a vision or the ones who want to improve upon it? Well, like I said earlier, I'm, 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 you know, I, I was struck by the fact that there, is, there actually is so little guidance uh, in in this field, one of the reasons motivated me to write my book, you know, was to uh, to to uh, to fill that gap. Um, there isn't an awful lot. There is there there are bits and pieces, around, let's say, around the edges, but nobody has. Uh, and I've I've done the research. Nobody actually provided a developmental framework on you know what are the must the things you must do in order to develop your visionary side. So I believe my developmental framework uh, around those two axes and, and in the book it's added to that are uh, numerous practices, things you can practically do to develop these things uh, is actually quite quite new. I haven't come across a, a perspective that is uh, that, that, that looks at it from a develop, developmental point of view. Many many thought leaders they claim or they you know they, they state the importance of a vision, and that's where it ends. Now, I wanted to take it one step further, and I wanted to look at, so, okay, if, if that's so important, how can you actually develop that side? And that's where anticipate what Anticipate really is about. So if you were to have, and, and this is like a 30-second question, if you had to see the ideal world where the leaders had an academy or, or set of uh, support groups or, or other type of avenues, um, what would those be? Just very quickly. Um, I, I, I think, uh, like, just like we talked about before, developing a uh, diverse team. But above all, I think, uh, is, is try it. You know, I think don't get stuck into the idea that vision is something for the larger than lives, for the Steve Jobses and the Elon Musk of this world. Everybody can develop their visionary capacity. Uh, there is support out there. I mean, there are things you can do, and I, I would encourage people to do it because it really is a critical part of your leadership persona. On behalf of the show and our listeners, really thank you so much, Rob, for taking the time to sharing with us uh, the thoughts on how to become a visionary leader, what are the checklists, what can people do themselves on a regular basis to develop and hone that vision. Thank you so much again. Thank you very much for having me. 
Listeners enjoyed, uh, hopefully, you, this, this discussion. I personally did. Please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.